receiving is coming from deep inside of FEMA Region 1, well within the battle lines of the municipal corporation known as the Commonwealth of Taxachusetts, radiating out to the darkest corners of Al Gore's internet from our secret broadcast bunker cleverly disguised as a middle-class living room. This is Red Pill Politics. Hour two here. We're joined this week again with a follow up from takeourborderback.com. We have the organizers on here with us, gave us a recap of uh, the last event that took place, and we're getting a glimpse into what's going to be going on here in the future. And it has a lot to do with you. There is something for everybody to do here. So um, let's think outside of the box. And, you know, this is something I think in your little groups out there, as you meet, because uh, almost every one of our listeners are parts of groups and organizations or freedom fighters are into it. You know, chat it up amongst your group membership. Go to the Take Back, uh, Take Our Border Back uh, website and, you know, email them, stay in contact, get on the social media. They put their X accounts up there uh, for each of the states down there along the border. Communicate with them. Share some of your ideas, man. I'll tell you, some of the, I don't know about uh, you folks. I'd love to hear your opinion on this. But in a, a, a room full of patriots with a, a well-structured meeting where everyone gets to have input and there's an open dialogue, I have found that some of the most amazing ideas uh, come up from the group that, you know, organizers just didn't even think of. Dave, you are speaking our language. This came together in four weeks, four weeks, and we reached millions. Do you know why? Because we, the people, we came together, just a few of us to start, and we began to talk and bounce things off of one another. Remember, during COVID, the goal was to separate us. The goal of the enemy is always to create division and discord and to separate The goal of truth is love. God is love. And when we, the people, come together, it's amazing what happens. The synergy, the creativity. When, you know, I like to say, uh, I was talking to Scotty Sachs last night. Scotty popped over real quick, and my husband and I were talking to him, and we talked about basketball. Like, I remember the years I played ball. I played ball in Massachusetts, Dave. Bishop Sting High School. (laughs) I went out and played in college. But there was something so incredible that took place when you play ball. Everybody had a position, right? And sometimes the positions were interchangeable, but you could rely on your team. You you know, and it was always, it was getting that ball moving so that the shot was open, right? So what's super cool about team is 
everybody comes with their gifts. We all have our different strengths. And where there are those weaknesses, you know, another person can meet that. Somebody else in the group has that strength. So we are more powerful together. But here's the important thing. It is so important, just like Robert was saying earlier, that we definitely take responsibility for where we're at and we get involved. And and Dave, when you were saying, you know, what can we do? You know, I like to think of us as not human doings, but we're truly human beings. So when we're being committed, we're being truth, we're being passionate, we're being decisive, right? there's something that shifts. And when we came together, this core steering assembly team, it was, we were passionate. We were committed to the outcome. We didn't let things get in the way, the human condition, pride, envy, jealousy, frustrate, all of the things. We didn't let that get in the way. We kept our eyes on where we were going. It's kind of like Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, when Jesus said, come to me, come on, Peter, walk on that water, come to me. Um, when he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was making his way there. But it was the moment he looked around and he started to give way to fear that he started to sink. We've got to keep our eyes on the goal, right? And we've got to come together. I think that's key if we're going to shift. That level of organization, uh, you know, from from your team kind of transferred, it seemed pretty organically to the rest of the people that that came, like you alluded to um, a moment ago, is that there are always those elements that are out there to uh, to intervene and to uh, divide and infiltrate, you know, the, the typical trolls and troublemakers. And, you know, this event w- was not immune to that. There was lots of rumors and things going around about various elements that were heading down there, uh, all kinds of fear mongering about attacks and, and all kinds of things. And that's to be expected. Everyone's got to expect this with almost uh, any issue, any movement right now is that type of agitation and fear mongering and downright terrorism uh, is, is going to take place. But what I think I saw happening is that your organizational efforts at, at the team level transferred into the people that participated and mm-hmm. they all became watchdogs of this. They, and it's a, a very fine line, boy, I'll tell you, between having your eyes peeled for troublemakers and having it scare you so damn much that you, you start fearing your partners out there. You know, it's a fine line. People start getting suspect of each other. I mean, you got to have discernment, vet the people, make sure you know, you know that you're all on, mesh, on message. When you start deviating on a tangent, you know, that that's time for some of the flags to go up. But did I characterize that properly? Did the group as a whole, as they began moving across the country, they were a, a, knew they had to stay on mission, number one. And number two, they were vigilant. Yes. You know, Dave, you know, Dave uh, when we got started, the, the first and foremost thing we all agreed on was setting our egos aside. And this was not about us. And we... Uh, took prayer at every step. We prayed as uh, at the beginning of every meeting we've had, at, and when we end meetings, we end in prayer. Uh, through the convoy, our rallies, it was always beginning and ending in prayer and uh, and keeping focused. That's a key thing, and it 
you know, even because there's those that, that are uh, faithful people and know and harmonize exactly with, with what you're saying. But uh, for even those that aren't, I, I, I tell you, this is a, if I say this all the time, if you do what you do with love in your heart, it, some of these issues are so heavy, so burdensome on your heart. They're so onerous. And, and it's not difficult to be swept up in things like anger. And if that is your motivator, if the thing that angers you motivates you rather than doing what you do with love in your heart, it's got to be for love of country, uh, for love of the, the innocent people, even uh, the uh, the illegals that are coming in. They're finding them dead in the desert all over the place. Women and children are being horribly abused. You know, it. we should want to stop the invasion out of love in our heart for those people. There are human beings and the kids, kids all across the world. I don't care what faith you're, you're in, what nation you're in. Uh, some of them are the victims of, of horrible decisions of the, the adults in their lives. They're victims of circumstance. So, yeah, d- what is your motivator? Are you motivated by uh, good mm-hmm. or bad? Dave, um, we spoke about this at the event. Uh, I mm-hmm. spoke about it on stage at, mm-hmm. in both San Ysidro and in Yuma. And that is our most one of our most important roles going forward. Those of us here and your listeners all of us who are awake is to remain open, open our hearts, open our minds, and receive those on the left that are sleeping, our friends and family that stopped inviting us to dinner, that called us crazy, that think we're, you know, um, we got our tinfoil hats on. We have to receive them with love and yeah. with open arms because they're going to have a lot of questions when the truth comes out. And I think everybody that's awake listening to us right now needs to approach the next phase of this with open arms and an open heart, loving loving our friends and family that shut us down, that called us crazy, and that didn't want anything to do with us. We've got to receive them back into our hearts. I think that's so good. Going forward, how would you appeal? Because I mean, obviously the. The right side of the political spectrum, is, this resonates with them without much effort. Um, progressives, uh, the hardened progressives, um, they're the enemy. They're enemies of the state. It, it, it's not worth spending a lot of time on them. But there are liberals, classic Democrat, classic liberals that exist out there. How would you approach them in, in a manner and have resonate the humanitarian aspect of this. How would you sell uh, our effort here to someone who is not an extremist, but, uh, you know, the left side of the fence? How do we what's that opening dialogue? How do you appeal to them uh, from a, a different angle? Because they're coming at it from a, a Democrats are very emotionally based. You know, that's their motivator is emotion a lot of time. Using that against them, I'm going to come right out and say it. I'll use their weakness against them every time. Playing on their preference to be motivated by emotion, how would you appeal to a fence rider on the left? Dave, I think we've got to start with the thing we can all agree on, and that's the kids. We've got to so start good. with the kids, the human trafficking. The left understands human trafficking. If you appeal to them on the level of what's happening to these poor children, that are living for years. You know, Kathy O'Brien 
she lived through MK Ultra and being abused for 30 years. And she lived to talk about it, and she's helping many others. We have to appeal to that hardcore left even will understand the children. Nobody wants to see our kids abused and trafficked, and I think that's the best place to start. And then you got the fentanyl. Nobody wants to see Americans dying from fentanyl. So if you tackle the problem from uh, from a common ground standpoint, where yes. we have common ground with those on the left, I think are the children, the drug problem. You can't get into the issue of legal immigration versus not legal immigration because they're very emotional about it. They believe at all costs we should allow these immigrants to hook or crook. By any means, we need to allow them. And so we can't start on that front. We need to start with the with the children and the drug problem. I think that's the best place to start. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point there, Scotty. And, you know, it's been a focus for us here in Texas. And, you know, it's, you know, if, if we if we start back at the beginning, how all this began, it was it was a move of God that was on all of us, you know, and specifically, you know, Mark Anthony and that, that moved to, to the, to the rest of the group. And, and because it was a move of God and because a date was chosen because, because of that move of God on that person, uh, we had no idea that governor Abbott was going to send the national guard down to the border in Texas a week later after we got together and started formulating this convoy in these rallies. Uh, but this is, this is why it was, so successful we had no idea that governors were all going to meet the day after the rally you know practically in the same location that we were down there do you we think also, the rally influenced that uh, perhaps i'd like to think it did but you know to to ha have the national guard being sent down there for that kind of operation takes a, quite a bit of planning much more than a week um so i know it was it had to been in the works beforehand but you know there's another element of this that you know we didn't know where were we going to go where were we going to have this rally in Texas? And, you know, we, we prayed about this. We said, Lord, we wanted to be at the, at, the, at the best place, you know, the place that you wanted to be. We want your will to be done. And, you know, we had something presented to us in the beginning, and it just didn't feel right. But we were going we to pursue it because we had no other options. And then that door got shut, and another door flung wide open. And that was for Cornerstone Children's Ranch. And, and we saw God's heart in it. You know, this is where his heart is, is for the children. Um, all the children that are being being injured, that are being just – I don't even like to talk about the things that are happening to these children coming across this border and why they're bringing uh, – these bad actors are bringing children and flooding them into our country. But Cornerstone Children's Ranch down there is set up to help these these families, uh, these mothers with children that, that, that are in need, and they're trying to get set up to uh, directly foster children they have a huge uh area down there and you'll see even some of the drone footage from our event all that open field where all the vehicles and all the trucks were parked that's all open to receive buildings to house these children and out of a result of this you know they they, they received some online donations which they're very grateful for uh, but we really wanted to lift them up even further and draw attention um so that they could um they, they could excel in their mission here and next week, on, on May, uh, April, April, May, January, February, March, March, where are we? What month are we in? March. So is this a group? Are they pulling the kids out of the uh, the institutionalized flow? And, and this is just a nonprofit that simply takes in, you know, pulls kids away from these traffickers and, and 
uh, state services, and, and but basically just focuses on the children and pulls them out of that flow. Yeah, well, what they've been doing is focusing on families because they've been set up to receive families, right? Uh, but they are wanting to focus strictly on the children and house hundreds of them uh, if they can. Uh, whatever they're, they're able to do, and I believe the Lord is opening a door for that right now because on February 23rd and 24th, uh, we're going to be down to a human trafficking summit in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, where they're drawing attention to these very issues. And the owners of this ranch are going to be coming up there. Uh, I'll, I'll be there with my wife, Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers, who was the one who actually found this children's ranch. Because he'd been down there helping protect them. They got decimated during the lockdowns. And then the illegals been coming across and raiding their food pantry and other issues. So he's been helping out, getting some guys down there to give them an assi- assistance uh, but, you know, Doc will be there. And what we're wanting, you know, this is a event put on by America's Future, which is headed up by General Flynn and her, uh, his sister, Mary Flynn. Uh, you know, Laura Logan's going to be a moderator. She also spoke at our Dripping Springs event because she's also very focused on the child trafficking element of it. And what we're going to do is we're going to use some of the funds um, that were allocated to these humanitarian efforts and and make a donation check, you know, the, the initial donation check to this ranch to build a foundation for a new building. And we're going to ask other people who, who's with us, who's going to help. This is something that we can do together. We can involve ourselves in that is going to produce fruit. And we already have another organization who uh, was down there through a gentleman, Mark Brugge, uh, who knows Rio Grande Valley Missions, where they build uh, structures on these types of properties for these organizations. And they're going to come out and they're going to build a 3,000 square foot building, mm-hmm. uh, labor material, uh, all, all paid for by this mission project. And so we're hoping to see uh, an expansion because we, we, we must do something for the children. Yes, the, the border needs to be closed uh, so that the, the trafficking stops. But what do we do with the children that are here right now that yeah. need a place of refuge? Is this an opportunity to validate that these children are even the children of the people that were there with? Because some of the statistics I was catching as they were just flowing over the border is, you know, these kids were coming over eight, ten times with different people. And approximately one third of them were of no relation to the people that they were with when they stopped the DNA testing. So is this uh, one place where... They've slowed the machine down enough to even validate uh, the kids that are there. So there's something really big taking place right now in Texas specifically. And uh, this is Operation Lone Star that Governor Abbott has uh, initiated. And just the other day, he came out and did a press conference talking about um, some locations where they're housing these children in San Antonio and these other camps and what's happening in there and the reports that they've received uh, that are that are it's 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 uh, atrocious what is taking place uh, inside these camps these stadiums that they're filling uh, with these children and he's calling upon the texas rangers uh, to begin engaging these these camps if you will and and handle these issues so what we need is we need uh, locations private locations like cornerstone children's ranch and other locations where these children can go that aren't run by government agencies that aren't run by folks that cannot be vetted uh, it's it's such an important factor and i believe lieutenant colonel pete chambers is is now working closely with the uh, texas rangers and, and governor abbott to help facilitate some of these needs well, that's uh, really good to hear. It was up here in Massachusetts, uh, not too long ago, there was a state auditor uh, report of DCF. 
That's uh, our state's, uh, the Commonwealth's version of Child Protective Services. And it was a, a typical audit of DCF and foster care. And what they found uh, and swept under the rug, too, is that there was uh, 118 children just during the audit period that were identified of being knowingly uh, raped and sexually abused. Uh, but it was uh, swept under the table. And we found that kids that were removed from their home, often for being abused, sometimes not, but removed from their home nonetheless, put into the care of the very institution that was supposed to protect children to only to to be raped. It turned out that the Mm -hmm. abuse rate was worse in the group homes. And I look at these situations as kind of synonymous uh, to a group home almost. Yeah. You know, Dave, Mark Anthony just joined the room and we know how Mark has um, been a big advocate of the children. And um, Mark, you want to you want to speak in here because where we're talking about the different facilities that are, you know, one in Texas, the children's uh, ranch and other facilities that are being created to house some of these children and the existing ones that have been out there. Ultimately, what we've seen is the kids are worse off. Now, as we're sending these families back, our goal, right, shut the border, send all of those families back to their homes outside of this country. My biggest concern, of course, is the children, right? Because are they really going to get back to their homes? So, Mark, why don't, why don't you talk on that and the human uh, trafficking aspect of things and where we go from here? Yes, please. Well, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts right now. I'm seeing, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get, I don't have, I'm not set up where I'm at to have everything I need. So, give me just a second. So, um, you know, we're, we're watching a lot of facilities pop up and then there's a lot that's pre existing. Biggest thing is to uh, check these people out, make sure they're doing the right thing with these children. I mean, I don't know every one of them out there. I know every time I'm in a meeting, it's like there's another one pops up, and it's like, well, I've never heard of that one, so I I can't vouch for that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's so many rumors uh, that are floating of how child rescue is supposed to to, um, be done and, and how the kids facilitate afterwards and the therapies and stuff, you know, to that to that degree um i can only vouch for the people that i work with and who are in my groups um and unfortunately is i I just said this yesterday show us what you got you know show let show the community what you've done there's people out here advocating for money that has done nothing um and then you have people that that have done things that can can come right on out and just you know put the proof on the table and, and that's big with me um but I'm watching a lot of America's money that's gotten involved as we, the people being put towards stuff that people ain't even making. There's no results. And, uh, it's really starting to edge me really bad and it's starting to edge the community. That's really putting their time and their effort. I mean, I know people that's put millions of their own money in this and I put, you know, I put my, my own money in a lot of this myself, but, um, but when there's people wanting to give to these organizations, the unfortunate part about it is we we honestly don't know anything about them or they have no proof to, to what they've done and it's really just putting a big damper into it. Well, you know, I mean, this has been ongoing. I mean, right now in the last year or two, the border issue has uh, gotten some press and some attention. But really, this has kind of been going on right along, hasn't it? 
it's been going on since, from the very beginning. It's like the, it's like they see this opportunity and they jump right in, and then they're 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 going down. They're taking two or three minutes and getting some live footage at the border, and then they're throwing it up and then asking for donations. Uh, I think you know me and the team here is going to start uh, evaluating people, and we're going to start listing the people that we think as a group and as a whole, and I'm talking about really getting down the investigative line, the people that are really doing something in this movement. And I think that's what it's going to take. And all these people out here, as we call them grifters, go away. They're taking hard-earned American taxpayers' money and, and that the government giving them, and they're, 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 they're running around this, you know, doing what they're doing. Because there's a lot of this that gets funded that <clears throat> by the government that's for the government. We need to re-divert that. That's a big thing because there's a, there's a lot of funding there that people don't understand that it's able to get. But um, but when it comes to actually people like me, you, and everyone else that pays into this because it's important to us, we need to figure out which ones in our groups that we vet it. And we, we, we know who's running it. We know if they're a 501, if they're not a 501, where the money's going, ask for receipts. It's, it's just that time. Yeah, you know... <laughs> One of the most uh, famous out there is the Red Cross. And now I knew, I learned my lesson a long time ago. I was skeptical of them even before we did the um, storm relief down there in Texas. But during that, we had people that were calling them up saying, I want to stop by with a truckload of diapers or I want to. And they were saying, oh, well, gee, that's nice and all. But I'm going to send you a donation link. If you just send the money, that would be much better. You know, the people that are wallowing around in chemical and a slurry of raw sewage and all kinds of stuff, they don't want money. They, they, they want Benadryl. They want first aid supplies, hygiene stuff, cleaning materials. The Red Cross did not want to take delivery of a single tangible um, donation. They only wanted cash. And now when we look at their role here in the border, they are actually contracting with the cartels. I mean, yeah, no, that, that's that, good beyond belief. It, it yeah. is. And, you know, we, we watched some of that firsthand, of some of the stuff they've done. You know, and, you know, I'm all about leaving water, going down, leaving water for these people that are coming across. There's a lot of people trying to seek asylum from other countries, and I get it. You know, we're supposed to be humanitarian no matter what, and we got to look at this in that, that retrospect. These people are in the desert, and, and, and they need water. There's certain things they do need to come across. Not that, not that we're condoning it. And there's a lot of people out there pushing back saying, don't even leave them water. I, I'm not that guy. I, I'm all about being, you know. Be giving them a rape kit or should they be consulting them and telling them maybe you should go home? They're, they're right. literally sending them into dangerous areas and say, here, here's your rape kit in a, in a cool bag with our logo. Right, right. So, you know, I'm just all, I'm all about humanitarian, but I'm also, I'm all about immigration as long as it's done appropriately and we're vetting the people that are coming into our country. I, look, we're, in some form or fashion, I can say that literally there's, you know, most of us that are on this call right now, we've we've had some uh, family that's came in or, or, or our fathers, grandfathers came into this country, that, you know, the legal way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm all about for legal immigration as long as, like I said, as long as they're vetted. But at the same time, we got to be humane about what we're doing at the border as well and understand that this is a process. It's a lot bigger than this. Listen, I've got a girl that advocates with us, and she's probably one of the most phenomenal speakers I've ever talked to in my whole life. And she, she's she been trafficked 
back and forth across that border than more more than any one person I've ever talked to in my life. And she's brought so much light to me as far as what I don't know because she she sees it from the Mexico side. She sees it from the Honduras side. She's been in all kinds of countries, and it's like, wow, you would never think <clears throat> it's that big until you actually have somebody in your arena that can teach you and show you and lay it all out for you. And it's all we're, this is a teaching process. We're teaching each other with hardcore facts, the people that really matters. They're bringing to the facts to the table, and they're saying, hey, this is these are the facts, and this is where we're at, and we got to stop it. But there's a core to that, and we got to find that core and be able to snap that core so mm -hmm. it stops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, Dave, if I could share anecdotally just how bad it can get down at the border. Victor Avila, who fought the war on both sides as a customs and border, as an ICE agent, um, and he fought the cartel. He was on a mission. Special Agent Victor Avila and his partner, Jaime Zapata, they um, encountered the cartel riddled with bullets. Jaime didn't make it. He that he passed away. Uh, Victor made it. I guess we're going to go to a break. I'll, I'll finish the story when we come back. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. We'll uh, get to it right after the break. You are all listening to Red Pill Politics, and this is the Public Broadcasting Network. Stay with us. We'll be right back after these few messages. Get that chair. <laughs> are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Go to republicbroadcasting.org. Smash that donate button like Russian peacekeepers smashing through the Azov neo-Nazi terrorists in the Donbass. I don't think you can explain politics without looking at Jewish power any more than you can explain physics without dealing with gravity. 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert operation that involved multiple states, the Saudis, the Israelis, and what you could call the deep state in the Go United with States. anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're jiggling juice, we used to say, yeah, the dancing Israelis. Uh, so even the Republicans now are compromising and they're pushing issues that are destructive to the white race. They would always say, like, are we just going to talk about this stuff on the radio? Like, what are we going to do about it? Either we force the democracy to work by actually getting the ballot access, getting the candidates, getting in office, getting our message out there to the people, or we expose just how undemocratic it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-and-lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-and-lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. 
That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Ease off, LLC, 417-932-6419. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Welcome back. We're in the final segment. It's Red Pill Politics, and you're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Head on over to republicbroadcast.org. Make sure they're saved in your favorites. Check out all the other programmers. Listen, share, download the MP3s, but get the signal out far and wide. Uh, if you have a, ben- uh, a business that could benefit from commercials, contact us, Jason. There's lots of ways that you can help. Things that are mutually beneficial. You get a little bit of advertising, and we get uh, the support we need to push the signal out even farther. So support us where you can. Um, you're listening to us because of people like you, so get involved. Uh, we are uh, joined this week again with leaders from TakeOurBorderBack.com, another website you should be familiar with. Check it out. All the social media links are there. And uh, just before uh, the break cut off, uh, Mark was uh, talking about something pretty important here. So we're going to let Mark finish up. And then if we could, maybe we'll field a few calls uh, from the listeners. Maybe they got some uh, some ideas, some questions, and uh, we can uh, jump into that. But uh, go ahead, Mark. It was me, Scotty, that was talking, uh, Dave, before. The oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Scotty. That's okay. There's two marks and uh, <laughs> easy to make that mistake. So. I was telling the story how to reflect on how just how bad it gets at the border. You know, people think, yeah, human. They hear human trafficking. They think 
that means kids are being moved around. But what happens while they're being moved around? Victor Avila shared on my radio show, he brought up the term satanic ritual while I was interviewing and talking to him about what's really going on when these kids are trafficked. And when he said satanic ritual, I asked him point blank, Victor, now this is a border agent that fought the war for 15 years on both sides, survived a shootout with the cartel. His partner, Jaime Zapata, was uh, shot to death in the shootout. So Victor's, he's lived and breathed all of this. And he said, when I asked him if he's seen satanic rituals, he took a big gulp. He got very emotional. He couldn't bring the words uh, to, to the microphone. He composed himself for just a minute, and he said, yes, he has seen satanic rituals. He couldn't describe what he saw. It was so bad that he wouldn't describe, and we probably don't want to get graphic anyway. But the point is, these kids are not just transported from point A to point B. These little girls and boys are sold 10 times a day. You ask a human uh, trafficker, a cartel member, I've talked to one who told me, Scotty, I can sell a pound of cocaine one time. I can sell a little girl 10 times a day. So this is really what we're up against. It's, it's so horrific that we can't lose sight of the children. And again, when approaching the, the other side of this, you know, the left, the liberals, the Democrats on these issues, I think we got to stick to the kids because it's the common ground we can all come together on. Yeah, you bring up a very, very good point is that, you know, that one kid being trafficked that one time, it, it's not even nothing like that. That's just the the surf, the surface, the very surface of it. There's a multi-generational aspect of this where children like that wind up getting trafficked. They wind up getting pregnant, delivering babies into uh, a world that, where they know nothing different. Yeah. And, and horrible, horrible things happen to those infants. Uh, they use them up entirely. And there's a, a, an aspect of selling body parts. Or the, the whole black market, the, the child porn, all that stuff comes into this. But there's multi-generational is children that are abducted into it give birth to new children who's that's the life they know they literally don't know right from wrong and often live their life uh, in a trafficked environment oh a very very deep subject and we're most people just see the surface of it i completely agree you know the organ harvesting is is prolific too they are literally um pulling body parts out and selling them on the black market as you mentioned yeah, I think in China they got mobile surgical vans that roam around and they scoop you right up and take whatever they want. Uh, this isn't quite gotten to that point, uh, but I mean, if it is not stopped, this is. I agree uh, earlier on. Oh, you said that this is like one of those issues that almost every sane person in the world can come together on and say, you know, regardless of all politics. Doing that to children is unacceptable. We we've got to reassert our standards as as human beings and as Americans. This yes. is there should be things that are intolerable. Yes, Dave. We this is slavery has been around from the beginning of time. 
Okay, this is enslavement, and we have an enemy. It is not one another. The enemy is darkness. The en- enemy is hate. The enemy is Satan. It's the darkest of dark that sets itself up against life and love and the Creator. So we've all got to come together and remember that this enemy wants to take us out and separate us from love. Got to remember, like globally, that's the big picture. So, yes, we all meet at the children because that's the innocence. That is where we see the love. And, and if we can't meet there, if people are that darkened and that not open, then we got to pray that God allows whatever he needs to allow to awaken the people because this power that be is to, is going to destroy they they are bent on destroying every single one of us not just america they are bent on destroying all of us so we've got to remember that this battle that we are in is a spiritual battle and you cannot fight a spiritual battle with physical weapons we have got to come together we've got to pray and we've got to turn our hearts back to the lord and go back to putting the first things first and yes i think focusing right now where we can all meet on the children is a great place to start all right well in uh spite of that let's um let's talk a little bit deeper is this something uh, that can now be done at the local level in the 50 states because we know uh, many states it's in the news if you pay any attention to it uh, where they're being uh, harbored should we be pushing our elements of government our public officials if you're going to take these people in you're doing all this for their own good and their protection and their safety blah 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 is this a time to institute a mandatory program to validate each and every one of those children. If, we, if we're going to give them, you know, free taxpayer-funded places for them to shelter, is this an opportunity to say it's conditional? Your your temporary shelter is conditional. We're going to validate that that kid with you is your kid and start matching up children to their parents. And is that a good thing? Do we even know anything about the parents? If, 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 was the child abducted and taken from them or was the child sold? I mean, this is a complicated thing, but is it an opportunity? Is this those people that can't literally take the next convoy? Could they uh, convoy their asses over to City Hall and say, listen, start the DNA testing over in Roxbury. We want to make sure those kids are with their parents. Is that even feasible? Mm. You know, uh, Dave, I think community involvement is, Mm -hmm. uh, is necessary you know, uh, Kim, Scotty, and I are right here at the border in San Diego, and, and we've discovered things uh, right here in our hometown where uh, they're processing uh, the illegals through schools and uh, some hotels. And uh, I'm not at liberty to get into some details that we're, uh, we're in discussions now about uh, getting community involvement uh, but there needs to be a light, a very bright light that shines on this because they're doing it in secret. They're trying to hide it from the public. And they're using taxpayer dollars. I'm sure NGO dollars are coming in. We've also discovered that uh, there are even some churches that are working either directly or indirectly with the NGOs and um, uh, the cartels 
in the process. And the people that are donating money, or they think uh, that they're doing something heartfelt, that they're donating to uh, to c- contribute to help uh, the the migrants that are in need. But the reality is uh, that they're um, they're actually uh, perpetuating. They're they're participating in an in- indirect way and the uh, to the trafficking problem. The desert's littered with uh, tote bags from Catholic Community Services. They're among the biggest ones down there that are doing this. Now, most churches and things like that are 501c3s. Again, beat them over the head with their own stuff. I'd be uh, trying to revoke their status as a tax-exempt nonprofit. I I don't think what they're doing is uh, legal, Um, but that's the type of pressure. All of those elements in the food chain should be getting pressure from us, wouldn't you agree? Even Catholic services? We need to shine the light on it for sure. A very bright light and ask a lot of questions and put them on the spot. Make them accountable. Wow. So what do you, uh, something's got to be going on here, uh, another event, I I assume. Um, You're trying to put that together now. Is there... Uh, I heard that the, uh, uh, the the eclipse was a, a particular date of interest where some activity might be around. Uh, but should the people be looking forward to another trek out there to the to the border and a, a series of meetings and rallies? Yes, yes, and yes. So we're working on those dates right now. We're closing things up on this end and pulling things together so that we and we're really, you know, it's funny. We had a conversation the other day as a team on what's next. And because we've got people reaching out to us going, okay, we're ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Right. We want to make sure that anything we do next is led by the Lord. Because this entire movement was led by the Lord. So we want to make sure that every step we take moving forward is in alignment. You know, the Bible says many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord directs the steps. So there's a lot of plans that we all have. We're like, oh, let's do this and this and this. But we want to make sure that it is in alignment with our father. Right. I mean, look what happened. Look what we had no idea what Abbott was going to do. It was such a confirmation that it was in alignment with what God was calling us to do. So we will know, we know that, um, you know, I'm about to head out to, um, to Mar-a-Lago to be with Border 911. Uh, there's going to be some great connections that occur there. Um, Robert is going to be um, down at the Children's Ranch, and we're presenting, you know, the team is presenting a check to the Children's Ranch, which is going to be awesome. Uh, there's a lot going on. We want to make sure we take care of our, our law enforcement here. That was incredible support. And, like, God, take our borders back back. Right. So there's a lot of ways that we're going to serve. Uh, we're not done. Would it be fair to say that um, because you're at the early stages of uh, planning phase two as you wrap up phase one. But, you know, I, I mean, is it still on the table that your next event really could be anywhere? Because this is a nationwide impact yes. that we're seeing. Everything that's going wrong isn't happening in Texas and Arizona and California. So theoretically, I mean, am I wrong in assuming that you might put together a plan and feel led to, I don't know, come to Massachusetts? 
Come on, Massachusetts. State governor that should feel comfortable that they yeah. might not focus on us. I mean, is that possible or am I just uh, dreaming here? <laughs> Mark, we were just talking about that, right? You're like, what about all the Midwest states? What about Mark? Why don't you speak to that? Mark, I'm sorry, Mark Anthony. Well, you know, so you're right. I mean, this this border crisis affects all of us. What's been going on over the past years, uh, they've infiltrated every city and every state and every county. And that's why we're having such a mess in all these divisions, mm-hmm. because we've got this overload of, of illegals, as I call them, um, <clears throat> and people from, you know, let's go back to something really quick and we'll, we'll switch right back. A lot of the people right now currently coming into the border, and, and they may have covered this, are not even Mexican. They're Sudan, they're Haitians, they're Africans. And so we've got all these people flooding these, these cities. And a matter of fact, just in the room next door to me, I've got you know meetings going on talking about some of these things with, with what's going on in the counties and the states and stuff. But, um, you know, it's it's affecting it's affected all of us throughout the United States. It, you know, the border is only one issue. The infiltration is already, already here. It, I mean, they're everywhere. And so it's very important that this be a, be a you know, border slash nationwide event that we do because it's, it's about all of America. It affects all of us one way or another, whether you, whether you realize it and you see it or you don't. And if you need someone to point it out, we'd be more than glad to break it out for you because it's, it's everywhere. And so that's a very, very plausible possibility. You know, um, going back to the first event, that was God-led. And this one will be God-led as well. We won't do anything unless God leads us into it, which mm-hmm. means it has to be the right date, has to be the right time, has to be the right location. And we've got to make sure we're double back that, that we're in safe zones, as I call them, that our sheriffs and our police officers and all law enforcement in the counties are uh, on the same page that we are because it's very important for our safety and for all the people that want to come and join for their safety and um so yeah i I think it's very plausible um i don't know what god's got in store over the next few i know me and uh the team has been talking and then we've had a few meetings but we haven't got to the base core of it yet but it's very important that this team Praise about it, pulls it together, and puts it on the table, and we vote yes. and bring it into a vote yeah. and actually act on it uh, as a team because that's the biggest thing. If we all would learn to use the word "we," I, re- I, I recoined the phrase: not I, not me, but we, we the people. Okay. And if people would bring in the "we" moments, we can change this. But it's going to take all of us pulling together and stop being divided. Stop. You know, every time I turn around, I'm having to deal with a Jezebel spirit. And the Jezebel spirit's talking about someone else. They're trying to destroy what's what's gotten started. Our team is so aware of that spirit that I think that we're all in heightened alert, you know, looking for it, waiting to, to, to put Satan behind us. And that's what we do. We put him behind us. We move forward in, in the name of uh, Yeshua, and we don't look back. Dave, I think your listeners can uh, keep an eye on our website because as soon as we have dates and locations— They'll pop up on our website, so uh, keep an eye on the website. People can still donate. We need uh, continued support financially. We have a Give, Send, Go account. Uh, Kim, where is that account at? You can go to givesendgo.com forward slash take our border back. That's givesendgo.com forward slash take our border back. 
You know, Dave, you mentioned the problem is not just uh, the border states. So true. I just saw major report from Chicago, O'Hare Airport. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in Chicago. Died in the wool Democrats. It's a city that works despite the fact that uh, it's been run by the Democrats for a long, long, many hundreds of years probably. But the bottom line is they're harboring illegals at airports throughout our nation. They're putting up fences inside the airport, covering them with canvas, uh, and um, they're hiding it in plain sight. So yeah, the airports... International territories. This is one thing that people are slowly starting to understand is you have no constitutional anything when you step into an international airport. So it's, it's almost like a port or, or being at sea. It's, it's a foreign territory here within the United States, and yeah. that's why they do it. Right on. It's a great point. Well, uh, I certainly hope folks are uh, ready to get engaged uh, because this is going to continue to degrade. The situation is uh, we're we're seeing the ramifications of this right now. And there are millions more coming. This is not going to get better. Amnesty is not the solution. Um, do you think the deportation, because we're hearing this from the Trump camp, and I got to tell you, I'm on board. I, I think those, I have empathy for every single one of them. If you're uh, running for a political asylum, that's one thing. Economic asylum, I feel bad for you, but go home. Um, but do you think mass deportation is uh, an option? Could it be absolutely? Absolutely. Tom Homan says that it will take 180 days yep. to do mass deportation. But I think that's has to be in the cards. That has to be part of the solution is mass deportation. We've got arguably 12, 15 million illegals now that have come in in just the last three years. Forget what was already what was already here. So we have a whole new voting class of people that can swing elections that can wreak havoc uh, on American soil through attacks. And it, it's it's absolutely, Dave, has to be part of the solution is mass deportation. There's no other way around it, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, because it's not going to we're not going to establish ourselves again in the world. Right now, we're looked as weak and impotent. Mm -hmm. uh, people are just flooding here uh, with impunity. All right. Within, I use that word very carefully here. Assuming there's no other higher authority, no higher power, they, they are acting with impunity simply because of the signaling that comes from the Biden Easter regime saying, come on, borders open. We're not going to stop you. So we got to not only close that border, stop the hemorrhaging, but we got to say, listen, we said we got a naturalization process. You will follow it or you will get in the end of the line. So. That's what I say too. deport them, put them right to the end of the line. If they were criminals, because they're that criminal element, as we've already discussed, they're here. They're dealing drugs. We had an illegal up in New Hampshire that our government led in who were dri driving a truck and trailer and killed nine motorcyclists. Nine of them dead because of an illegal, something preventable. It was an unbelievable uh, a mess. And I think that's a... Uh, definitely in the cards for a solution too because if we don't ronald reagan tried this said, all right yeah we screwed up bunch came in we'll give them amnesty but that's it it's mm -hmm. never gonna happen again now here we are this is exactly what the bipartisan compromise uh, is all about and i remind people that a compromise is when you lose something 
So both parties, if you want a bipartisan compromise, you Democrats and Republicans out there, you're about to lose. You're about to lose. You know, Dave, we've seen uh, firsthand uh, that it's quite obvious that uh, this human trafficking is being uh, perpetuated at the highest levels. Uh, We see with our own eyes that these people are turned loose with new cell phones. They've got new tennis shoes on. Uh, they've got new clothes, mm-hmm. uh, they've given cash cards, and they're just being turned loose, being bussed uh, to cities around throughout the country. Uh, it is absolutely atrocious to see what we've seen. Yeah, the street violence and the violence in the schools is getting uh, pretty prevalent, too. It's very common He's in their video streaming it. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's deeply concerning. I mean, there's three illegal immigrants right now in the police department in San Ysidro. In San Francisco, yeah. someone was just elected into office. Yeah, it, giving them jobs, the law enforcement, giving, putting them in the military and everything. But listen, yeah. I want to thank all of you for uh, my youth that come in on me. Takeourborderback.com Head to the website. Thank you for having us, Dave. We love you. We love your community. Come Uh, on, Massachusetts. We'll get some more uh, updates from you as we move along, but thank you for uh, coming on the show. Uh, And everybody else, the listeners out there, thank you for tuning in and supporting Republic Broadcasting Network. Thank you for getting on my mailing list at redpillpolitics.tv, and we'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Love and appreciate y'all. Fly your flags high. Keep powder dry on each other out there.
Cahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. Drinksupertea.com. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth. 